again on this episode of the Reclaiming the Garden podcast. We have a wonderful conversation about Christian music uh, with the host with the Assemblies of Pop podcast, um, Celia and Colleen. Um, yeah, it was just a lovely conversation to sort of hear the perspectives, particularly because like they are a little bit older than us, and so they could speak more, I guess, to like the kind of Jesus freak era yeah. of music. Oh yes, um, yeah, it was a really fun conversation because I, I just it. Christian music has such a nostalgia component to it and it really does make a lot of our experiences and memories within the church setting um so it was really nice to kind of for lack of better phrasing go down memory lane (laughs) with some of the music we were talking about and uh just so y'all know we're gonna have a playlist uh that's full of both like Christian music and music that we're more into now whether that's Christian or not um so yeah please go take a look at that have fun yeah that link will be in our bio i need to add mine too (laughs) by the time this episode goes live we will have a playlist that has all of our music selections in there yeah well let's get into the conversation let's do it so on this uh on today's episode we have some friends with us to chat with us about christian music um colleen and celia of the um assemblies of pop podcast um So Colleen is a high school math teacher that grew up in an Assemblies of God church and was a regular church attendee through her 20s. Now her most passionate topics of conversation are health, fitness, feminism, uh, evangelical deconstruction, and climate preservation. Celia is a mental health counselor who also grew up in the Assemblies of God church. Uh, She has a philosophy background and has attended seminary to pursue a master's degree in biblical study. Oh, cool. I'm getting a master's in theology. Nice. Yeah. Um, Well, welcome to the show. Um, I guess uh, we can start off by just sharing, I guess, maybe some core memories related to Christian music. Um, For me, I think about Awakening Fest. It was this big Christian music festival in Northern Virginia. So I've seen Toby Mac live, um, uh, Family Force 5. Do you guys so good <laughs> they, their music played at like every single like church camp because it was like yep. it was like party music that was like clean it wasn't about drinking or drugs yep. you know it was just about like getting um cray they have this one song called cray button yep. where yes. like they're like wait what cray yeah button? oh you have to watch the music video for it button. it's wild yeah um good. also um I, uh, the song Chainsaw, whenever that came on, I would always like go, go up and do the dance. Actually on my Instagram, you can find me doing the dance to it for like a minute if you want to yeah. see it. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> um, Colleen and oh, I are, I think, older than you. So yes. our Family Force 5 is like first album. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. when they were kind of li- a little bit more scream, more screaming in the songs. Yeah, yes. Yes. <laughs> I listened to several, I listened to their albums for a while. I actually just like three days ago, my college roommate sent me a messaged me and was like, "You remember Family Force 5? And I was like, "Yes, I do. So good." <laughs> that is so funny. It's so interesting because like I'm looking them up because the name sounded very familiar, uh-huh. but it's like I don't seem to have any like. Cool I mean, it's memory. like they probably yeah. they probably played in like your youth group at some point. They're usually probably, like on every like, evangelical youth group playlist. Like, yeah, like I honestly wouldn't <laughs> be surprised. I'll do you one better. In the early '90s, the three brothers from Family Force Five were in a group called the Brothers. Oh, and they had a song that was like it was "I'm falling and I can't get up." Ask Jesus, ask Jesus. I know. Who <laughs> I oh my god. Yeah, I, I didn't know. even know that. That's what a song. Yep. <laughs> oh, um, I also got to meet um, uh, Dara McLean at Awakening Fest. She, oh, cool. yeah, she kind of, I guess, maybe not as well known, but kind of like Christian pop. Um, what about you, Anna? What are some of your core Christian music memories? A lot of Chris Tomlin. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh goodness, a lot of Chris Tomlin uh like oh gosh rebecca st james was that oh her? yes oh and she like she does weird like like parody cut co- well not even parody covers but like she just like she she makes songs and i think she's the wait let me see if i'm talking about the right person isn't rebecca st james now out is that no, vicky oh, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking someone else vicky beeching and jennifer knapp both came jennifer out knapp oh jennifer knapp okay yeah, and a lot of I feel like the um 
CCM female artists to queer pipeline seems yeah. to be one that flows every several years. Yes. Um, it's like I'm waiting for more. I'm like, come on, come on. It's okay. You'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I think Rebecca St. James, so she was like really big in the early 2000s, but her brothers are for King and Country, who are very popular oh. now. Okay. Yeah. I think I was thinking of the wrong person. Maybe another Rebecca, but. Okay. And then, of course, like classics, Amy Grant, um, Point of Grace, Kim Hill. Um, Yeah. That's all the good stuff. Oh, yeah. Absolute, absolute classics. Um, Yeah. I grew up on Carmen. Oh, Carmen. So good. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure. Wait, wasn't, was Stephen Curtis Chapman, he did the thing about the, I remembered like the Cinderella song or something, or yeah. is it also the Breakfast in Hell song? No, that's that's the Newsboys. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They don't serve breakfast in hell. <laughs> that is one way to get people to convert to Christianity, right? Just tell them they can't have breakfast oh, in man. hell. I really, I really like a good breakfast scramble. I love breakfast. I better say the sinner's prayer. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting that the Newsboys is a group that has, like, changed their membership throughout their history, right? Yeah. Yeah, they've had several, they've had, I think, three different lead singers. Mm-hmm. They had they had one in the old days, and then they had, they replaced him, and he was around for, like, the early 2000s, and then, yeah. um, what's Michael. his name from DC Talk? Michael Tate. Oh. Uh-huh. Tate. Oh, okay. yeah, Michael yeah. Tate. I think Michael Tate. Um, and yeah, I guess I'm most familiar with what you would call the God's Not Dead era of the news voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I girl, honestly. Uh, I, I think my first introduction to Newsboys was He Reigns. Oh, um, yeah. Or they also like, did the oh, I, I Am Free song, oh, right? The, did the, didn't they before. do the I Am Free song? Like, I am free to, to love. Maybe. Oh, uh, I, I think I, I think they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. The I've seen the Newsboys a couple of times in actually, I think probably several times. What's really cool and also terrible about Christian music is that the concerts are really cheap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. Awakening went- Fest was like 10 bucks to get into the like to just get in. You know, they, they host these like huge like music festivals that are. They're really cheap, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's like really inexpensive. So we went to a lot of concerts growing yeah. up and we've seen these bands. Like we, I swear we saw Skillet like six or seven times in concert Whoa. within like a couple of years. Yeah. And now, of course, you know, you look at what um, the lead singer is saying online and it's like, Oof. yeah, it's rough. <laughs> yeah. we're not fans anymore. Yeah. I know. It's a- it's that thing of like, come on, you're like the heavy metal band of Christianity. I thought somehow you were better than this. Right. You know what's funny though is they still get played on heavy metal radio. Really? No way. Yep. I mean, I guess some people don't pay attention to the lyrics or to the reputation of the artist. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, weird. Oh, we haven't even mentioned Hillsong yet. Oh, oh the, <laughs> the big <giant>. hitter. <laughs> big hitter. Like, yeah, a ton of songs that we sang at my church were Hillsong, even though it wasn't a Hillsong-affiliated church, but... Um, was it Hillsong or Hillsong United? I mean, all of them, I guess, you know. I mean, they so there's, like, Hillsong United, Hillsong Young and Free, um, Hillsong Worship. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I have distinct memories of Hillsong Kids. Hillsong like, Kids. It's like kids' Every division, right? I make, I'm making you. You are oh, my yeah. way, Jesus, every... <laughs> Waves of mercy. Do you guys have hand motions? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Is that like a universal like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. waves? Okay. Um, for the for our listeners, we're wait like waving our hands in like the the wave motion right now. Yes, so. because apparently it's all the same choreography no matter where you grew up. Yeah, <laughs> apparently, yeah. <laughs> I remember going on a road trip with friends, um, and it was with like my college improv group. So it wasn't even a particularly religious group. We all just grew up in a in church together at some point in our lives, and all like one person was like. 
Does anyone remember there was this church song where it was like, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, amen. And we all looked at each other. We started doing the hand motions, which for our listeners, it is a thumbs up for yes and then two L's for Lord. And you just do that repeatedly. And then you put your hands together for amen. Um, And all of us started doing that same track. We were all looking at each other like, why do we all know this? Why were we all taught the exact same thing? That's awesome. I don't remember doing hand motions for that one, but I definitely remember that song. <laughs> it's it's simple, easy to remember. Yeah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Um, you know, definitely like it was it was hard for me to kind of I mostly at this point stopped listening to a all out of hill song except maybe like oceans because honestly a lot of queer christians like oceans because of like the the sort of you know the metaphor of like coming out is like in that song i think um interesting and so yeah yeah i don't know but of course looking at like i'm sure you all have seen the documentary that's on like discovery plus yeah it's just like and I mean, their their music is the way they make a lot of their money. So. Yeah. yeah, it's hard because I the one song that I like, which I feel like is another like parallel to queer Christendom, is the "I Am Who You Say I Am" mm. song. I like that one too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that song, and it sucks that it's by Hillsong, because um, <laughs> it's like on my worship playlist. And I'm like, I don't want to give them any money. But also, I mean, I don't at least feel... on, str- on streaming services, not a lot of artists actually make that much money. I but... know, I know, but it's all, it's like the principle of the thing. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't. Why does this happen? Um, I did off? completely take Bethel Music off of my Spotify library oh, after yeah. the um, connection to conversion therapy, like yeah. stuff. So they have all kinds of interesting theology stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the fact that they run the entire town of Redding, which is yeah. up in Northern California where they're located, and it's, like, basically the, that church runs their entire politics. Yeah. Like, it's how they get, like, airports and stuff, because so many people go up there for, like, their, their like, divinity school mm-hmm. where they, like, lay on... Oh, yeah, this, stuff. like, su- the school yeah. of, like, supernatural ministry, like, sounds yeah. like fucking Harry Potter. <laughs> it does. Which, you know that the parents of those kids that go there were burning Harry Potter back in like the <laughs> early 2000s. Well, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not saved. No. <laughs> Harry Potter didn't accept Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. And now he can't go, he's going to have no breakfast. Oh. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. So let's talk about. So I know what's interesting in this conversation is that we do have, like, I guess you, Colleen and Celia, you guys identify as millennials. Yeah, right so or okay yeah and then i'm like i'm like upper end of gen z and then anna's like somewhere floating in the middle i'm 94 <laughs> so i'm like right on the end of um so we have we all have kind of i guess different experiences of um toby mack uh who's i believe his real name is toby mckeehan who yeah. was originally like in dc talk i didn't even really hear about dc talk until i actually was deconstructing <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. So. DC Talk has some really cool music that was way ahead of their time, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. They, yeah. Their earliest album was like a, a rap R&B album, which is like very, it's like very 90s rap. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> but then Jesus Freak came out and that was really like, yep. That whole album, that's a great album, actually. It, is. it really changed Christian music, honestly, probably. Hmm. Huh. It was more contemporary, more like it sounded more grunge than especially their other albums. So speaking of while we're talking about Jesus Freak, so I when I was at like one year at Awakening Fest, um, there was this like uh, booth that was doing this very like very like early 2010s thing of doing these like spray painted hats, these spray painted white yeah. baseball hats with like the mesh. Um, and I was with a friend and I was like, ooh, let's get matching ones. And I was like, ooh, what should we put on our hats? And she was like, Jesus Freak. And so I still have a hat that says Jesus Freak. It's back in my childhood home, not here. But um... Do you know that song, though? <laughs> um, ca- well, kind of. I knew that it was associated with the Toby Mac because of, like, the, the funky Jesus music yeah. song. Um, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um. I'll tell you, yeah. if you put that on with a bunch of millennial Christian girls at karaoke, 
Yo, they go. Everyone knows the words and the rap. It's it's just one of those songs. It's like Party in the USA. Everybody knows it. (laughs) Yes. Well, okay. I don't know if you saw. So on Twitter, there was a video of, I don't know if y'all heard about the like theology beer camp that um, like several, you know, people in like the the ex-Vangelical deconstruction space were putting on. um, And it was like uh, Mason Meninga, um, the guy who runs the new evangelical plays, I, I'm forgetting his name. Oh, yeah. And then um, the guy who runs Homebrewed Christianity, they all did like a karaoke of G- Jesus Freak and it was amazing. I'm I'll have to link it. to it in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> link to the tweet. That is wonderful. Um, yeah. And I'm like, one day I want to have the bravery to go up there and sing like, this is a song called I Can Only Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, mercy me. Either no one understands it or I get a whole bunch of people to start singing. I can only imagine. Oh man, so, that song was one of the most overplayed songs ever. Yes. Overplayed. Mm-hmm. Is Caleb still a thing? I'm assuming Caleb's still a thing, right? The huh? radio station? Yeah. Caleb, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I and I know that, that so did you guys see that Semler went to the Dev Awards? Um, because I know there's also Caleb Awards. Um oh Semler, um, they're like a queer Christian artist. Oh, okay. Um basically uh, they, they actually um top oh, every single chart. Yeah. Yeah. They like yeah, they, they, they made history. They were the first charts. LGBTQ artists to do that. They beat um, Lauren Daigle on the Christian charts at oh. one point, but no one in like Christian music land acknowledge them because they're queer mm-hmm. and their song has swears in it. Um, so like Kayla and I guess they got they got invited them. to the Dev Awards or got tickets. I don't know. It looks like I mean they were on the carpet. So like, yeah, yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah, that I'm was cool. So out of tune with Christian music that I'm like I don't even know who that is. <laughs> well, you yeah, should so- listen because it has they have a like amazing song. Jesus from Texas is really good um with the, with the line i think my favorite line in jesus from texas is um these days i believe in bigfoot more than god because who's he hurting oh, wow wow yeah, <laughs> yeah i'll listen i will also say there's a song called youth group lock it's called youth group oh. and it's about how you find your sexuality at the youth group lock-in oh no. <laughs> <This one. laughs> yeah that's it's amazing amazing and i think they at first just made that as like a tick tech parody joke but then people were like no that has to be a thing yeah. <laughs> and so it's yeah. a recorded song um i'm looking yeah. into like my spotify library to actually because you mentioned i can only imagine so i'm seeing what songs by mercy me are still in my library here mm. it's so funny because i had a worship compilation cd that had i can only imagine on it but it wasn't even the mercy me version it was like a i think it was her name's rita springer i have never heard of her beyond that but like it was like that version of the song. So it's like, that's the one that I grew up listening to. Cause I definitely had mm-hmm. a lot of like the worship compilation. Yeah. CDs like worship together or like everlasting God, the 25 best like hits of everlasting God. So, you know, they like are... how in mainstream music now they made, the, I think they still make the now CDs. It's like, yeah, no, that's what I call it. No, yeah, yeah no, that's, that's what, what I call music. worship music. Yeah, there they were, had that, right? There were yeah. worship ones or like Christian music wow, ones that were though. called Wow. Yeah, I, have... <laughs> I got a Wow CD a few years ago for really, really cheap. And I was like, oh, oh, this, this is great. Like I found like a Wow, like 1998 one. And I was just like, listening through this hurts it hurts in the best way possible but i think hurts. the only physical like i guess christian cds i had especially since of course i was very much like mostly using itunes and streaming by that point but i i bought dara mclean's cd because i think she might have signed it or something um and then oh the so a lot of at my at my church camps a lot of the time a worship band from liberty would come and play yeah. um because um grew up in virginia so it was easy to get um, a worship band from Liberty, uh, yeah. and so I bought a few of those albums that they like released. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The I... church that I that Silly and I went to for several years um, in like later in life, not growing up, but like college time. Mm-hmm. Um, they would write and release their own worship albums, mm. and so I would have those. And I think 
one of them still exists in my iTunes. And it's like literally the only album I have in iTunes because I use Spotify for everything else. Yeah. So every so often, my phone will start like I'll plug it into something to play music and it'll start playing iTunes and that like really old worship CD from like 2004. <laughs> and oh I just like God. have these crazy flashbacks that happen. <laughs> It's, it's good weird. music though. I like their worship. They stuff. have good music. Yeah. It's just weird to listen to like after deconstructing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm curious to know, is there like any, like whether it is contemporary worship or like wor- the worship of your childhood, is there any that you still like listen to, whether it still speaks to you or for nostalgic purposes, or is it just like, no, nah, I can't. Earlier this year, Colleen and I did a, a an episode on worship music. And it made me really nostalgic for like old, old Hillsong. And I was like, this old, like nine, early 90s Hillsong. Shout to the Lord. Yep. Yeah. Darlene Check. <laughs> so that yeah. sometimes still calls to me. Gotcha. I'll yeah. find myself like walking around, like randomly singing old Hillsong in my head. I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> I don't, I, I've tried every so often, but I, every time I try to listen to worship music, I just like, don't enjoy it. Yeah. So I, I usually don't. And I've heard even like more contemporary, like, um, what's that one? Maverick City. Yeah. I've heard they're really good and I tried listening, but I still just like, I can't, I can't yet. Maybe. Yeah, I absolutely. Like I so you've heard it's good because I feel like I thought that that sounded too much like a mega church or whatever, so I didn't even touch it. But their music I'll is go actually through. good. I don't know much about their church or oh, okay. anything like that, but their music is really prof- I don't want to say profound. That's too in- in- intense, but it's pretty good. I it, I might just call to me because it was like what um, I clung to after my dad passed away earlier this year. So mm-hmm. it had like two songs I had just listened on repeat from them. Yeah, absolutely. I know I've listened to Maverick City a little, like a little bit, but weirdly, I've listened more to Maverick City Musica, which is the Spanish language version. Oh, nice. Because I, um, I, yeah, I was I was running um, a conference this year called oh, the yeah. Q Worship Collective Conference, and quite a few of the songs that they chose, because you know, wanting to appeal to a diverse audience were some songs from Maverick City Musica and I it's like one of those things where it's like I don't like I can speak a little bit of Spanish but it's more of like the feeling from the music itself or like ooh, like this is good I hope your theology isn't terrible but this is good <laughs> yeah um for me I I enjoyed listening to um Hillsong France um Hillsong like actually puts out music and like obviously like a lot of languages because they have churches all over the world um and I guess my I think I still have some of those in my library and my excuse is like well it's it's in French and I like French the French language so um also I I actually like some of the translation like the 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 French translations better than the English sometimes like I actually prefer the French version of um who you say I am but um um oh I also wanted to bring up um, so, um, I have an interesting story to share, I guess, about a, a song by Mercy Me, Word of God Speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely like hadn't <laughs> listened to it or thought about it in a whole while, but last year I went to this little virtual queer Christian retreat, um, through, uh, The Voyage, which isn't, unfortunately isn't really a thing anymore, but, um, uh, there was like a sort of worship night that I guess was actually run by Q Worship, I think. I think they've like, yeah, yeah provided the stuff. And so there was this one singer who sang Word of God Speak. And um, I believe the person pronouns are she, her, um, might not be right about that. But um, she, um, she was talking about how like, you know, she sort of reclaimed this song for herself. And like, so singing, like hearing her sing it, I like sort of was able to reconnect to the song again. Yeah. Which is really cool. Like, I think there's a really cool sort of aspect to like reclaiming worship, you know? And yeah. it's like, even if the people who created it weren't, didn't necessarily have queer people in mind or like doesn't affirm queer people, doesn't mean yeah. that we can't derive meaning from it. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Because it's also at the end of the day, too, is like, it's sometimes it isn't even like the artist that it's like, oh, the artist, it's like certain songs like bring up certain trauma responses 
mm-hmm. because like because I was I just had to write a paper on I basically long story short I wrote a paper on this kind of but it was like religious trauma isn't in the DSM five it isn't like a diagnosable mm-hmm. thing which is weird because yeah. you know so many people go through it. Um, I mean, but it functions of, in a similar way that any PTSD. Yeah, does. it functions similarly to CPTSD, which mm-hmm. is basically like with not complex PTSD. It's like there's one, usually like one big event that causes it. Whereas with complex PTSD, it is like smaller things that happen over a period of time. So like, mm-hmm. so like for example, like going to church learning about purity culture or learning about hell or it's like not like one major thing that like mm-hmm. gets you it's smaller things so naturally mm-hmm. your body might have trauma responses to things like certain worship songs it doesn't matter like if the lyrics okay are for me yeah. it's reckless love by i don't even know his name Corey. Oh, Corey Asper, yeah. Asbury, yeah um for me for me it's just because like it was that was like the summer where I was like sort of wrestling, like, do I want to leave the ch- this church that I was that I grew up in? Um, and we sang it a lot in the church services, and then it was playing on the radio constantly. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I just can't even even though the, like actually it's kind of controversial in the evangelical community, you know, they're like, oh, should we call God's love like reckless? Um, mm-hmm. You know that sort of thing. And so it's not even just I guess for me, yeah, it's not really even about like the lyrics or theology behind it. It's just like whenever I hear that, I just like think back to like that's like that time in my life where I was like oh I have to leave this church yeah music's really powerful that way though Mm -hmm. not just necessarily with religious trauma but in general but so Mm -hmm. when you have that religious trauma response it's it sucks because some of that music's still good and you're like I want to listen to this but it's reminding me of so many different Mm -hmm. you know complicated things and emotions yeah yeah, it's super powerful in that way. Like, I don't really have that as much with worship music because I think I've gotten to a point where it's very nostalgic, where it's just cheesy, yeah. where it's like, oh, like, okay, like, whatever, like, Newsboys, super duper cheesy. I can, I can, I can, like, go with, I can go with it for a little bit or, like, mm-hmm. Point of Grace, Amy Grant. Amy Grant's affirming, well, yeah. which is, like, awesome, yeah. but, you know. That's cool. uh, I know, right? And so is, is so is Reliant K actually right because they they like or at least one of them like is very supportive of when when Semler was um like doing Reliant K covers. Oh, okay. Um, I remember there was a Twitter interaction. Anyway, yeah, that wouldn't. Oh, and of course, me. one of the Newsboys, the or, oh, sorry, not Newsboys. One of the people in DC talk is like very cool now. Exvangelical Kevin Max. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think also Switchfoot is affirming. That's what mm-hmm. I was going to say. I think Switchfoot yeah. really? is too. I think oh, so. Okay. Switchfoot mm-hmm. is the best. Colleen and I have gone to like a thousand Switchfoot concerts. Nice. It's That's true. Like, we saw them everywhere. And their shows up. were so good. Yeah. That is they so funny. Um, okay. Yeah. I think we're going to take a little pause. And actually, I think that feels good because then when we get back, we can talk about like sort of how our views like shifted in terms of music taste and like I mean I guess maybe particularly for Anna and I we'll talk about progressive Christian music that we found anyway cool let's make jokes behind her back just kidding <laughs> Anna you go to school somewhere yeah I am getting my MSW right now oh cool. um, I go to Fordham online because I was like I don't want to leave California yeah. I want to practice here. Um, but yeah, so I, I wrote a paper for like a, for like a community-based class of like, why aren't there more spaces for queer Christians or queer ex-Christians in secular spaces, mm. like LGBT centers or LGBT centered charities, which it's like that thing of, there are like churches that'll do that work, but because of the trauma that can be associated with being in worship spaces, a lot of times like most people who've left Christianity never want to step foot in a church again, even if there is healing potentially that could be found. Um, So it was like, basically I got to like ramble for six pages and provide sources and it was a grand old time. (laughs) Yeah. And you're going to be a practicing social worker. Yeah. I want to be a therapist for queer kiddos and people who are harmed by religious trauma because 
that Venn diagram shouldn't be a perfect circle. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It's so dumb. Yeah. And then I did you two grow up together? Yeah. Well, I'm a little older than Colleen, but we are we shared a lot of the same time in youth group together. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. We were in the same circles, I guess. Okay. Yeah. We, we became friends when I when Colleen was a little older in her teens and it wasn't as weird to hang out with someone younger. Gotcha. Absolutely. <laughs> it's yeah, I think I was like, like what in freshman or sophomore. Yeah. She had like just graduated from high school. Yeah. I see. So. Okay. Yeah, I'm Very old, cool. guys. I'm ancient. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> the horror. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I guess we've talked about a lot of our sort of core memories. I'm curious about like in your process of deconstruction, how your sort of view of the music shifted for you and like whether you found any like sort of music in the Christian world that was more resonant for you or not, you know, um, curious about that. For, for me, I stopped listening to Christian music mainly because the radio sucked and it plays the same like four songs. Mm-hmm. But, um, Fair. Yeah. The, the one artist that I kind of have hung on to is um Lecrae and Andy Mineo and mm. uh, Trip League. I just one well, I generally like rap music, but like I feel like they have a lot to say about race and mm-hmm. yeah. and what that looks like in America. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I actually would recommend is the Holy Post podcast, which is Phil Vischer's podcast, um, interviewed Lecrae um mm. around the time of the George Floyd protests. Um, because Lecrae, you know, being a black man was like, uh, BT dubs, black lives matter and white evangelical Twitter freaked out off. And it was that just that thing of like, he was like, it was weird because I was safe to like white evangel, like I was safe to white evangelicals. But as soon as I said black lives matter, they turned. Mm. So like, Mm -hmm. even like with that, like his music is very, I know they also, also I mean, what's weird is that interesting to hear his perspective Um, on becoming kind of big in white evangelical land um what's weird is that like i know they also kind of turned on him a few years earlier because he like said that he didn't really identify as evangelical anymore because of the political implications yeah i think so okay um also another thing that happened on twitter he got i mean the, the deconstruction community got a little bit mad because he was sort of minimizing like deconstruction i forget what the exact thing was but that happened um I think he's has a, a spotlight that he can't win almost in any way like right he just has to be true to who he is and i've appreciated that about him mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely like it's like there's certain like christian artists where it's like okay who have i been like least disappointed by and like definitely look great as one of them I mean, I've managed to find, honestly, I mean, there, there are progressive Christian artists, obviously, like, similar, but also, well, um, this person is does not identify as Christian anymore. I guess she she might identify more as spiritual. Audrey Assad. Yeah. Um, Ooh, I love Audrey he was, Assad. She was well-known as, like, well, I know she kind of grew up fundamentalist, then became Catholic, um, and just, I mean, her songs are just, like, the most gorgeous poetry, like, you know, and... Um, she spoke at the Evolving Faith Conference in 2018, um, which I was there live. I got to see her perform live, and it was just, it was just incredible. I resonate with so many of her songs, especially um, this song called Eden, um, which sort of just shows this vision of like new creation and that sort of thing. Um, have y'all heard of the Porter's Gate? I feel like I've talked told Anna about it. But, no, um, it's sort of like a a well. I can't, I can't verify that every single person in this collective is affirming, but a lot of them are. Um, it's basically like these worship artists that get together. Um, I think they've gotten together at this point a few times to just write songs on various topics. So let me actually look at their discography here. They, their albums are all based around a certain like theme. Their most recent album this year is about... Um, climate justice well they call it climate vigil songs um and so they honestly huh so uh, this is where i kind of step out is i uh, just me this is just me i'm prone to like sadness and depression so if a song sounds sad like more folky i kind of check out because i don't want to feel sad so are they more 
are they in that line is um yeah they they're like more more folksy i guess but um the song that i was just about to mention um it's called declaring glory the earth sings its refrain it's a worship song from the perspective of the earth which is just oh, like wow. so that's cool yeah, yeah it's really cool you guys are going to have to send us stuff because clearly we know nothing about modern contemporary <laughs> Christian music. And it's cool because I think a lot of it's really gone off in the last couple of years too. Mm-hmm. And I think it truly is like people had so much time on their hands that it was like, mm-hmm. wait, I am going to deconstruct everything I believed in because I have nothing better to do in 2020. Tiger King's over. So like... Mm-hmm. I yeah, think, I mean, I think yeah. um, Grace and Lebraldridge, like they they like created the album in their house <laughs> so, yeah. yeah so it's like definitely a lot of it is a lot of them are like a lot more recent developments which is cool and that makes me excited for young christian kiddos that they're not going to like hate themselves hearing yeah stuff because like- so many so many hillsong songs are like i think just like uh what's the word that i used it was just like um indulging in just like self-hatred like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah i don't know like a lot of times it's just like how about you don't you don't deserve this i and have you... but a tiny worm and no yeah. one could love me but god loves me and i am so grateful like it's but only if i do the right things yes if i if i just if i believe this very specific kind of god yeah yeah it's hard because i mean we still ought to have worship full songs so yeah it sounds like there are people i've been going to a church where they have like their own um musicians who are writing oh that's so cool. writing their own kind of worship things and so it's been kind of cool to not hear just you know hillsong at a church mm-hmm. absolutely Yeah, I still, like, in terms of, like, CCM that I still will listen to, I still like King, for King and Kong, for King. Yes! And I, for King and Country. And I'm like, they haven't said anything either way about the LGBTQ question, and I'm like, but their music is good. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, if they came out as awful people, then I'd be really sad about it, and I'd probably Mm. stop. But, like, I still listen to for King and Country. I still do enjoy Lauren Daigle. I don't understand why she had to perform a Sean Foyt, but like mm-hmm. her music got me through some real rough times. So like mm-hmm. I will still listen to Lauren Daigle. But like otherwise ever... Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Do you guys ever nostalgically listen to anything? Yes. Like do you still listen to Family Force Five? Um oh I still definitely honestly like unironically I still enjoy Family Force Five. Great. <laughs> yeah. I have a couple of like, again, like early 2000s, like worship compilation albums saved on Spotify or like whatever playlists because like the album itself isn't available. And I'll just be like, oh, like, let me see. Let me honestly see what the oldest like Christian songs on my Spotify playlist are. uh, Or my Spotify library. Really sad if those are from like 2003. I think I'm on the same page with you though, Celia, like the, that rap, that Christian rap community, the like one, one, six people are what mm-hmm. kind of helped me in my like deconstruction and still be able to listen to artists that call themselves Christian. Yeah. Because I, I wanted to sort of like, I don't know, reject any of the contemporary stuff but mm-hmm. I liked that I could follow Lecrae on Instagram and like get real life things from him yeah. that, I, that I believed. Mm-hmm. And I think Kirk Franklin is, is the same way. I think mm-hmm. oh, okay. he, he has been around for a really long time. Very long. Um, but he is like, he's still like doing stuff, but also like making connections to people and like sharing about his life and like he's just so real and genuine and that's what I like that's what I want to see and that's what I think that yeah. people need to like be exposed to yeah and it's so hard because like I know with Vicky Beach um with Vicky Beeching's book because mm-hmm. she was again kind of fell down the uh CCM artist to lesbian pipeline like it's so predatory because a lot of times they make their female artists sign like morality waivers where it's like mm-hmm. I've 
I know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's and like, she had to she had to like promote at like you know like purity culture things. You yeah, know? and it's like you can't do anything in public that will like jeopardize like or what's it compromise your christian and jennifer knapp decided to fuck that shit like so (laughs) go her go jennifer knapp well that reminds me of uh like a long time ago before a long time ago amy grant like had divorced her husband yeah reeked out about that being like yeah most like immoral person she was canceled before like canceling was a thing Yeah. yeah and then like i think if i recall too like she kind of started making music that wasn't as christiany like it still was mm. very like clean cut very wholesome mm-hmm. amy grant music but it wasn't mm-hmm. explicitly jesus music it That's wasn't like, like thy words a lamp unto my feet <laughs> like mm-hmm. wait yeah. i'm so sorry what did you ask celia oh that's baby baby that's not is that what it's called I'm thinking, I almost said hit me baby one more time. That's not right. No. <laughs> That's different. Great song. Um, but it's kind of like that concept of like, oh, if you change like Jesus to baby, it's like a secular song or whatever. And like, you can't tell the difference and it's not actual worship if you can do that. And it's like, yeah. okay. Weird. Okay. Weird niche genre of music. Like, yeah. <laughs> it almost makes me wonder like how the evangelical church would respond if like a secular artist made a christian album well and that's what justin think, bieber did well yeah that's oh, so yeah. Ju- justin bieber chance, i feel like chance the rapper kanye yeah those like three artists are come to mind about that yeah that's true yeah and they didn't like that they're they weren't well, very well I, received, I would say think. that they were like weird mixed views like there were definitely some evangelicals that were like hey well we can't we can't look down upon these people they're just baby, they're baby christians you know let them let them make their music like so yeah, yes. and then the irony is with people like Semler, who is a queer Christian, and they are making right. music about queer Christian stuff. It's like, no, like you. And they can. are not a baby Christian. They were like um, cradle Episcopalian, I think. So yeah, like deceived by the devil and making this music that you know speaks to a very wide community of Christians and ex Christians, which is like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Kanye's got his own issues though. So yeah. Yes, yeah, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other episode. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, he he was doing Um, that church thing for a while. Yeah, I knew people that like, or like knew friends of friends who sang in the choir as part of his like Yeezy church services. Really? Wow. Because like people like, because just being in like the acting and performing community for a Mm. long time, people would just like, people would audition for it. And it was like, wow, a regular gig every Sunday wow yeah um so i finally i did find um in my spotify library my the old like the i guess the as far back as i guess on april 11 2014 i added some songs from brandon heath and brit nicole into my library oh brit nicole gold right was that her song um yes but for me i also particularly liked uh walk on the water and the lost get found. Okay, yeah. What was the other one you said? Uh, Brandon Heath and also Chris August. Um, okay. I had some songs by them. Those names sound familiar. Like I said, I've been out of um, Brand- Brandon Heath, honestly, I think he's, well, uh, some song titles, Jesus in Disguise, um, I'm Not Who I Was, is actually probably my favorite one of his. Because what's interesting is that he's, I have to look up, I remember I looked up the context once, but I mean, he's like sort of, kind of writing this like letter to someone about how he's changed so it's not an explicitly christian song because it's about transformation um i'm also curious to know like are there songs that aren't explicitly um christian songs that bring us to like the Mm -hmm. for lack of better phrasing come to jesus moment because i think because again as we've been talking music has such power and i think that there are ways to connect to the divine without explicitly like christian or faith-based music so i was curious to know if anyone has those artists or those particular songs um i have a really random one and it's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not that random it's, okay. I, it's 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 not random it's a random song i have this weird like connection to like when i see the ocean it reminds me of like this abundance of god's love and there's yeah. this song 
called um, Blue Ocean Floor by Justin Timberlake. I like weird experience listening to it once, like where I just felt like this pressure of being underwater and being like, this is what God's love is like. So it's, it's a weird connection. Yeah. Great song. Everybody should listen to it. It's pretty cool. It's unlike a lot of his other songs. So that's one that comes to mind for me. That's so cool. That's awesome. Did you have one Colleen? Not that I can think of right now. I think I was pretty black and white about music for a long time. And I would Mm. only ever let myself listen to Christian music, which Mm. is a weird thing in general. Yeah. (laughs) To like that Christian music is its own genre because it's not really a genre. Yeah. Also, you don't have other religions making music either. Like there's no like Muslim music or... I mean, like, I guess Jewish would be, like, klezmer, but that's more of, like, a style than it is worshipful music. Like, no other religions have their own genre of, like, worship music. Right, right. And it's Because it's it's different styles of music with, like, just similar content or similar backing of belief, I guess. Exactly. It's more about the content than it is about the actual kind of music that it is. Yeah. Which is, like, Because there's Christian screamo and Christian metal, you know? Like... (laughs) Yeah, but... But I was, I was always like super black and white growing up. And so I was like, Christian music is the only kind of music I can listen to mm-hmm. um, until I s- discovered that pop music was awesome. <laughs> As you <laughs> started listening to pop. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think there was much like crossover. I think it was like, it was pretty, it was pretty like black and white Christian music only. And then like, now I'm listening to everything else because everything else is way better. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, I think. Yeah, what are what are some of your favorite artists to listen to? Currently, yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, well, there's well, <laughs> um, I actually well, I think Justin Timberlake is a is a hard one because he's traditionally been my favorite, but Celia and I have had this conversation a lot of times. We think that he um, needs to be phased out of our lives. Mm. so i mentioned the justin timberlake song i know right as you say justin timberlake um so it's a hard question to answer because like as i think critically about the people that i like have always listened to and like what they are kind of like what's happening in the political climate right Mm. now Mm -hmm. i'm like well shoot now i gotta make some hard choices (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but i'm a big harry styles fan um a big i really like beyonce um i really like who is it that i that we were just talking about yesterday i was surprised that you liked their music celia me oh i don't know yeah oh bad bunny i really like bad bunny Ooh, yeah. okay yeah i don't know a lick of spanish but i like it's bad bunny it makes you feel right like that's kind of the other big thing too i just listen to whatever i i've really been into like um, metal music lately nice which is so random i don't know where that came from okay you know we all have to get our rage out sometimes we all need to just headbang once in a while just let it all out unless it's skillet then i have to turn it off Uh, completely understandable yes i I get it (laughs) um oh another person i wanted to mention king's kaleidoscope um has like it's the most innovative like sort of christian music i mean what's interesting is that it like yeah i feel like it explore it's not really even worship songs it's more like reflections about the christian life i guess um and like he he usually has that i mean basically it's technically one dude and then a bunch of instrumentalists that he that kind of has switched throughout the years um but like he basically has like full like orchestral backing in some of the songs like it's yeah what's it called again uh king's kaleidoscope and I think this is another weird situation where, like, I don't know if he's explicitly said anything about LGBTQ affirmation. Um, I feel like a lot of people just kind of assume, though, that he's affirming because he, he's, like, in Seattle and... Yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. so unfortunate. It's like, I, I think that they're affirming. Like, they haven't said anything to... We need to get Semler to ask King's Kaleidoscope. Semler, like, did a whole thing where, like, they directly asked artists, like, are you are you affirming or not, you know? Like, yeah. I remember they basically, like, asked Toby Mac um, yeah. in, like, releasing this song 
called I think I think it was called like Toby Mac. Um and, Did he say he was affirming? Um he, he said, well, in the song it's like they 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 asked the question, well, would they hate me if they knew? And um to Toby was like, no, like I wouldn't I, I love you. Um but of course that's not that's not necessarily explicit affirmation. That's just Christian words. I don't that's, know. Yeah, that's the Christian response when they don't actually want to say what they think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where they feel like they can't. Because yeah. it's also that thing of like, I want to have, you know, optimism that there are Christian artists out there that are affirming, at least mentally and on the inside. But because of, again, like these morality clauses and the fact that like their music uh-huh. careers in Christian music would be over if they said anything else, which again, doesn't make it right. Like, speak what is good. I like, feel like call out evil where you see it. But it's like, um, part of me wants to have that optimism that there are more affirming Christian artists out there than what are explicitly stated. I think King's Kaleidoscope is in a good place because at this point, I think he's releasing music under his own, like, label. Like, it, it his oh, label okay. is himself. So, gotcha. Yeah. I had to look because I got curious. And I when I click the link, nothing really happens. But uh, the head, the website says Toby Mac shows on San Diego's LGBT Pride community calendar. But when I click it, it doesn't give me more information. Hmm. Weird. So that's interesting. Interesting. Okay. Oh, interesting question. Have any of y'all like connected to like hymns at all? Like older, you know, because all of us, I guess, grew up in this much more contemporary music culture. But like, have y'all discovered any sort of beauty in any of these like older older songs um i couldn't tell you them off the top of my head but i i know growing up when we would sing hymns i really enjoyed them mm-hmm. yeah i liked them growing up we would every so often sing hymns like out mm-hmm. we would like open the hymnal and write mm-hmm. like all sing together and i think it's because i liked reading music um yes. <laughs> but Earlier this year, um, we visited an Episcopalian church and they sang hymns. And that was also like really, it felt really cool. And like, like I was participating in like some sort of like history. Right. Oh, I feel that too. Like been around for so long and it just felt, it felt really cool to be a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for me. Like both with like liturgical prayer and like hymns that I'm like participating in something that Christians have been doing for hundreds, if not thousands of years. And some, I mean, some hymns honestly like are really old and like they've just been translated into English and like, but the tune yeah. actually is like still stayed around for a long time. So yeah. yeah, like that's pretty cool to be like, oh, like I'm singing the same hymns as someone else from like hundreds of years ago. Like we're all yeah. like, kind of still singing the same things. Yeah, and to me, and I don't know if this is actually true, but they feel more theologically sound. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's not just like Jesus is my boyfriend theology. Yes, <laughs> exactly. We were just talking about that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, I also, I just remember also being, like, listening a lot to contemporary covers of old hymns. Like, I think, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. there's this artist called Kim Hill, and she had this, like, renewing the heart festival that my mom mm. went to at one point and it's like basically a concert and that was like the cassette tape because it was a cassette tape that I grew up listening to and it was just her and her band and whoever was at this particular event covering old hymns like it is well with my soul I'll hail the power of Jesus name like a lot of oh blessed assurance which I joke is like oh. Christian Freebird um <laughs> everybody knows it uh <laughs> It's a great one. It's a great one. And so like also come down mount. I feel like most people know come down mount. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I I grew up a little bit on gospel because my mom really liked Hmm. gospel. Ooh, yeah. And I again off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you any, but I know some of those songs I'm like when they come on, I'm like, ugh, they hit me still. Hmm. Those Mm -hmm. ones are good. I also had um a a contempt uh an R and B girl group that was like the most my, to this day, so one of my favorite artists called Out of Eden, mm-hmm. and they did a hymns record, and I really liked that album. So it was like, you know, modernizing some of those hymns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you bringing up gospel reminds me that, I mean, this conversation does focus on, like, obviously a very American and mostly, like, white perspective on Christian music. You know, I'd be very interested to hear from folks growing up 
in like the black church what that's like or yeah. the majority black church that kind of yeah. thing is so i remember one of the like bigger gospel music or uh, sorry the, one of the bigger gospel musicians that i listened to was israel hooten yeah hmm. and i don't know if he still makes music or um or anything but he's married to a cheetah girl now wow. um, oh adrian bailon yes because <laughs> <laughs> she, she hyphenates her last name now yeah. yes yeah, but I really liked his um, Israel and New Breed stuff that he put out. That was really cool for, for me, gospel-wise. Yeah. yeah. He's so funny. I didn't know that that was, like, what he did. I was just like, oh, it's just, I, I just was like, oh, Adrian Bailon's husband with whom she hyphenates her last name now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was a worship leader. That's and so might funny. still be, I don't know, but yeah. He, he also went to a lot of those festivals, too. I remember going, we, we grew up on Creation Fest, which is what they did over mm. in the West Side, I think. Um, and he, I remember he did like a small tent gathering one, and he was just so chill and down to earth. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I do have like the one, I feel, I feel like everyone got to go to these crazy Christian music festivals and feeling slightly left out. Um, I When I saw... Uh, Billy Graham in concert it wasn't a concert it wasn't a concert but I know that like I wasn't able to go but a lot of my friends from church like Jump 5 was playing at one of the (laughs) nice just got hit with that Jump 5 nostalgia yeah no kidding oh my god it's so funny because like they became like mainstream because they were on the Lizzie McGuire movie soundtrack Yes, yes, they, they were. They sang Shining Star. And hmm. it was just, I just remember when they were playing Billy Graham, like for the kids' day, it was like, oh my God, it's Jump Five. And it was, you mentioning it Lizzie, Ma- Lizzie McGuire and like a Christian band playing for that just made me think about like the Disney era of where they all had to wear purity rings. But that's a whole no, other conversation. That's a whole other. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Let's that see. Disney music, though, they used to always feel Christian. You know what I mean? Like, it felt mm-hmm. like Lizzie McGuire had an album. It wasn't technically Christian, but it had that, like, sense mm-hmm. of purity culture maybe behind it. I don't know. Yeah. And I think, and, like, I definitely remember, like, like the purity ring era of Disney Channel. Like, I know that a lot of my friends at my strict evangelical church were, like, allowed to actually, like, watch Disney Channel because, like, Nick Jonas mm-hmm. wore a purity ring. And like yeah, they were yeah. all very vocal about their faith, and yeah, like that was just always that was like when they were finally allowed to start watching Disney Channel was when it became weirdly like evangelical. Yeah, and then also yeah. I remember Jordan Sparks, who like won American Idol around that time. Yeah. Like she was very vocal about having a purity ring as well. Huh. So it was. Yeah. So I, those I, are really, I really wish the purity ring hadn't like made it into the cultural zeitgeist, but eh, you you win some, you lose some. <laughs> At least that era seems to be over, mostly. I mean, it, it's just being repackaged in a different form. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, trying to think about, are there any uh, sort of other last things you want to say related to Christian music or like discovering like sort of new, new music? <laughs> hmm. Or your relationship to music in general? <laughs> Well, our, we basically do two podcasts. We do one that's like a deconstructing and then like our second episode is just talk about pop culture. So we are almost always talking about music mm-hmm. and every week right. it's different. we're bringing up different topics. So I don't know. We're always exploring what music looks like in our lives and nice. how that impacts us. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm always listening to music basically. Like I'll... <laughs> I'll go back and forth and like listen to podcasts and stuff when I'm driving, but I usually like, I have to have music on all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, and I, I'm a teacher and so I'm in the classroom all day long Mm -hmm. and I have music on in my classrooms. I'm like, we're not sitting here in silence while you do math. You're going to, you're going to listen to music. (laughs) I need something to drown out the silence. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So I'm like constantly trying to find things that are, they have to be school appropriate. Right. Which is Mm -hmm. whatever. But, um, but I'm always looking for stuff that that is new and like going to keep me interested. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And it's again, I think 
like music has always just been so important to the again the cultural zeitgeist of America and of the world mm-hmm. and I think it's important that what's being put out there and the intention of what's being put out there is decent you know like it's yeah. not like it doesn't have to be good and pure mm-hmm. but it's like it does have the power to change opinions and change things absolutely um, and it can have rec- oh I was gonna say it can have also a strong therapeutic quality but you go first before I go into oh, yeah. Maddie's mom <laughs> For sure. I was about to say, like, there's a video on YouTube from a creator I used to watch called Lindsay Ellis, um, and mm, she mm-hmm. made a video about protest music of the Bush era and, like, the, oh, history, that one. the history of protest music in general. So, like, we'll yeah. put that in the show notes, but, like, I rewatched that yesterday, and it was just, like, a, and it was around, made, like, June 2020, which was a very mm-hmm. culturally shifting time in our country, yeah. but, like, it still really holds true today of, like, this is kind of what protest music looked like. This is what it became post 9-11. And then this is like yeah. the protest music to the protest music. And it's just like, it just really shows the impact that music can have regardless of genre on like the general public. Yeah. Um, so have y'all heard of Maddie Zom? <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, it is the like, queer ex-evangelical anthem right now <laughs> um she she released an ep um called you might not like her um which specifically that that song that title which is a song on the ep is like her sort of speaking to her her child self as a way of like healing religious trauma and that sort of thing um and then another song if it's not god where she um talks about basically like for me like in a nutshell it's it's a song that talks about the, the toll of being the good Christian girl, like mm. something that I just have to quote. Um, they called me a sinner when I was a saint, hiding in her bedroom, praying depression away, killing herself for eternal life and losing her interest to be a good wife. Um, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just really powerful lyrics and uh, she has an amazing voice. And like, I, I've, I've been so happy to see that it's brought a lot of healing to a lot of people, like yeah. whether they're, they're still Christian or not Christian anymore. So, because I mean, she also, she said um, she was in an interview with um, Matthias Roberts of the Queerology podcast. And she was like, it's, you know, like my, I, I made sure that like religion remains like a question mark on the EP. Like, you know, it's not a yes or no sort of thing. Absolutely. As you were talking, I just, it just dawned on me. One of the, the way I used to connect with God is by like, putting on worship albums you know mm-hmm. prayer journaling and over the last five six years I've reconnected a lot with my native culture mm-hmm. and now the way I feel connecting to God is by listening to flute music and smudging and Ooh, you know, oh that's so cool. cool that's amazing yeah so that's that's a shift in how I viewed mute worship music where it's just it's now connected to my native identity and how I connect to the divine that's wonderful yeah that's amazing I'm glad that you're finding some peace and goodness in that um I guess we're kind of coming to the end here um so y'all can share like all your social media and any other ways that folks can support y'all sure Colleen (laughs) um so you can find us on socials at assemblies of pop um and yeah, check us out there with we release uh, episodes every Tuesday on streaming platforms. Awesome. Yes. Nice. Yeah, definitely give it a listen, y'all, because it's awesome. Do it. Super fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so yeah. much. It was fun. So let's get into Hire of the Week after that wonderful uh, conversation. I bet y'all are feeling some nostalgia right now or some yeah. cringe, you know, depending. But <laughs> yeah, I think it's you're allowed to feel both at once, too. Yeah. Like, is Christian music cheesy? Yes. Does it bring back weird memories? Yes. But you can also <laughs> rock out to um, every move I make. Um, oh, hell yeah. At the very least, like, we won't judge you for it. Also, the choreography is, seems to be the same. Um, across all states and all churches Mercy. And like in the wavy hand yes, yes. <laughs> um anyway hi the week so i honestly 
I am really enjoying this reading uh, that I'm doing this week for my God Gender Sexuality course. It's from Patrick Chang. He's a gay Asian American Christian, and cool. he's talking about uh, God being a top and like talking about the Trinity as polyamorous, polygendered relationship. And it's so fucking cool. <laughs> yes, as it should be, truly. Yeah. That is awesome. Um, my high of the week or weekend, um, as we're recording this, uh, it is November 1st, so um, Halloween weekend. Oh yeah, Halloween and weekend, you always, you I just love your like Halloween spirit of like dressing up for an entire week as like seven different people. Here's the thing is, I could not dress up for an entire week this year because oh, I have okay. like a grown-up job now. All right, um, all right. And like, not to toot my own horn, I really commit to costumes. And frankly speaking, I don't think my boss would have been too pleased if I came in with facial hair. Um, <laughs> so I was only really able to do it for things I was invited to. Um, but it was really fun. Um, one of the day on um, Sunday, my partner and I went to drag brunch and had a grand old time. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just a fun weekend. And then also, wait, I will so cut. I will cut this part of the episode. It was a it was a wake and bake drag brunch. Hmm. Nice, nice. So I'm like, I'm, I'll cut it out of the episode. <laughs> the devil's lettuce. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, oh yeah. So I was gonna say, so your costume on Halloween was actually the 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 Gidam character from yes! Beverly Falls. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god, so iconic. <laughs> um, also, I don't know if y'all. So um, one of the folks who helps out with like the Beloved Arise social media, he and his boyfriend dressed up as Adam and Steve. They had like all of these like leaves covering them, like Garden of Eden, but Adam and Steve. It was great. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) That is awesome. Well played. Um, yeah, so I guess our next episode um, is going to be an interview uh, with uh, an interfaith couple, Dana Trent and uh, Fred Ecker. So yeah, uh, that's going to be a whole lot of fun. Yeah, um, and on to the plug. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Reclaiming the Garden. You can follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at Reclaiming the Garden or on Twitter at RT Garden Podcast. Be sure to check out our Patreon for exclusive episodes, and you can always check out our merch store to get t-shirts, mugs, and other fun merchandise. If you are able to, please be sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as it does boost us in the algorithm, but we are grateful that you are here and listening, so if that's all you can do, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you soon.